in three, in two, and one. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today to this podcast. I appreciate it. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. We're talking real estate appraisal, and today we call this one USPAP and Bracketing. What's correct? Lenders like appraisers to bracket their adjustments. Unfortunately, what our lender clients may not understand is that bracketing does not work in the ways they think it does. The reasons for this is simple. Bracketing a single variable is no different than using paired sales analysis. But you already know the problem with paired sales analysis. It's possible to isolate only one difference from each pair of sales. If there are multiple differences, a paired sales analysis will not work. So, neither will bracketing for the same reason. For example, there is no logical reason to conclude pairing a two-bedroom house to a four-bedroom house indicates the adjustment for a third bedroom. Indeed, the four-bedroom house is on a larger lot, is newer, has more GLA, is more ornate, has more expensive building materials, and so forth. Thus, the difference between a two-bedroom house and a four-bedroom house is more than simply one bedroom. For example, Consider the impossibility of trying to isolate a time adjustment using bracketing. This is impossible since it's impossible to go forward in time until the house next sells, then return to the present. Only via time travel would it be possible to bracket a time adjustment. Nevertheless, it is common for lenders to request the appraiser to bracket the time adjustment despite its physical and logical impossibilities. Bracketing's efficacy does not extend to isolating a single variable, as we've discussed. Its efficacy is in lowering the range or narrowing the range of values, both pre- and post-adjustment. Via narrowing the range, this gives the appraiser an indication of where the final value will fall, not indicate what the final value is. One of the most authoritative sources on real estate appraisal is the 15th edition of the Appraisal of Real Estate. In that edition, there are 22 references either to the words bracket or bracketing. Not one of those references refers to bracketing as a lender directs an appraiser to bracket. Is the lender's request a function of meeting a contract price? This request is improper because price should never be a search criterion. Price is a function of a property's attributes. When you change the price, the property's attributes do not change. One of the basic concepts of proper bracketing is that the appraiser must have one or two sales that, for whatever reasons, are clearly inferior to the subject. Then the appraiser must have one or two sales that are like the subject. Finally, the appraiser must have one or two sales that are clearly superior to the subject. The appraiser can then add current listings, current contracts, expired listings, rejected contracts, etc. as appropriate. Note again, however, that the purpose of bracketing is not only to isolate the contributory value of a single variable. Rather, the purpose of bracketing is also to indicate a range of market-oriented values via a qualitative analysis of the data. Bracketing does not signal a market value via quantitative analysis. 
In bracketing, the appraiser begins this analysis with a sale or sales that are clearly inferior. Then the appraiser chooses one or two sales as well that are clearly superior. It should be clear the final value of the subject property will fall, therefore, within this unadjusted range. This, frankly, may not be true in a hypersensitive market in which prices are changing rapidly. However, the secret here is to make any other adjustments first. Then, the appraiser extracts the time adjustment from the market. The appraiser then adds this to the necessary adjustments to the comparable sales. Therefore, even in a hypersensitive market, the concept of bracketing can work. Another area in which bracketing serves the appraiser well is called ranking analysis. In this analysis, the sales are arranged in order of their comparability with the subject. In other words, the sale that is most comparable ranks first. The sale that is least comparable ranks last. Once this ranking list is ready, the appraiser inserts the subject, an unknown, into this list of ranked sales. In other words, wherever it goes in the rank of the other sales. The subject, therefore, has a value somewhere below the lowest superior sale and above the highest inferior sale. This ranking helps the appraiser to narrow the range of indicated value. Despite this simplicity, our critics label ranking analysis as subjective. To some extent, it is. However, it loses that subjectivity, and I'm going to explain how. We appraisers do not estimate value, since estimates are inherently subjective. We do not determine value, since the market does that. Rather, we form a value opinion. While an opinion must have its bases, in fact, any opinion is subjective. That opinion did not exist until the instant the appraiser formed it. It's a function of the appraiser's heart and the appraiser's mind. Our critics are not morally, ethically, or professionally objective. They are most certainly not socio-politically objective. Therefore, it is the pinnacle of hypocrisy on their part to call for us, the appraisers, to be perfectly objective in concluding value opinions. Inherently, there is some subjectivity in real estate appraisal. Therefore, as with any of its analytical tools, bracketing can be misused. For example, are the sales the appraiser chooses to use as comparables truly comparable? Do they meet the definition of a comparable sale? If not, then right out of the box, bracketing, even used properly, will not serve the appraiser because of such improper usage. The value conclusion can never be credible. Why? Because it's based on a premise not worthy of belief. So, what is the purpose of adjusting the comparable sales? It's to decrease the dollar range between the high sale and the low sale. Unfortunately, there is not a single way to do this. There are many. Therefore, the appraiser must be able to draw on numerous strengths to choose which method to use to make the necessary adjustments. Bracketing, including ranking analysis, is surely one of the strengths the appraiser must possess to conclude a credible value opinion. Adjustments decrease this range between the high and the low, so the final value opinion falls between the high and low indications of the post-adjustment sales. And then, finally, via a ranking analysis, 
it is possible to conclude a value opinion. Post-adjustment, the comparable sales now indicate a range of values, although not a pinpoint value. Assuming the appraiser bases the adjustments on market-based indices, this post-adjustment range of values is not subjective. This is because the range the sales indicate post-adjustment is what the market is telling the appraiser. At this point, the appraiser should stop. The appraisal's finished. Via this market-based adjustment process, the appraiser has concluded the subject value is somewhere between the high and the low extremes. There is absolutely nothing in USPAP that requires an appraiser to form a pinpoint value. This is a requirement of the lenders, again, not of USPAP. I will not go into the reasons why lenders demand this, but it should be obvious. So, let's wrap this up. Let's close the logic loop. Bracketing is a perfectly acceptable appraisal tool when the appraiser uses it properly. However, it can isolate only a single variable. To ask it to do any more than that is to misunderstand it as well as to misuse it. Its main purpose is to narrow the range of value the appraiser's first stab at analysis indicated. After that, the appraiser eliminates the obviously non-comparable sales. Then the appraiser further analyzes them to determine if the remainder are indeed comparable, if they meet the definition of a comparable sale. After this, the appraiser has winnowed the remaining sales down to those he or she will use as comps. Bracketing helps narrow the range even further. Finally, post-adjustment, bracketing gives the appraiser a significantly narrower range of values from which to conclude a value opinion. Then, after the ranking analysis, the appraiser can deduce a value indication from the final cadre of market-adjusted comparable sales. In other words, under the right circumstances and in the right hands, bracketing is a powerful analytical tool. It can minimize subjectivity and lead the appraiser to a market-based value conclusion. In the wrong hands, however, it fails in that responsibility. When lenders expect the appraiser to misuse it, then the appraiser is correct to seek work in other areas of the real estate appraisal arena. Now, just as a P.S., there is no specific reference to bracket or bracketing in the FHA HUD 4000.1 selling guide. Neither is there such a reference in the Freddie Mac selling guide. There is one reference to the word bracket in the Fannie Mae selling guide, but that refers to a borrower's tax bracket. Given this absence, it's hard to conclude that lenders do not understand bracketing, nor how to use it properly. This raises one question. Why are lenders asking appraisers to use a valuable appraisal tool in a patently untenable manner? Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. It's been a pleasure to be with you. It's been a pleasure to sit down and talk with you in this podcast. I hope we get to do it again soon. My best to you and your family. If I can ever be of assistance to you, please get in touch with me, Tim, at theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be an honor to work with you. Until then, I have just one question for you. Are your appraisal fees professional enough? And now we're clear.